says the Gemara. We let, uh, welcome everyone to today's Torah slash Haralabalon. Daf Yomi Shior. Today's Shior, Daf Sadi. Zayin will begin on Sadi Vav Amabet at the two dots towards the bottom of the page. Amar Abi Yehuda. Amar Shmuel. Says the Gemara. The, the discussion of today's Gemara in the beginning is going to be the Mekoshesh. We find in the Torah the story about a, a Mekoshesh, someone who went and gathered wood. Mikoshesh Hashim, he gathered wood on Shabbat. Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously he was warned. Moshe Rabbeinu, they put him away. They asked what to do with him, and Hashem uh, commanded the Jews to kill him for breaking the first, the second Shabbat of the Jews in the, in the, in the Mishkan. Now the Gemara will now discuss what exactly was the Avera that he did, that he got killed for. Pasuk says that he gathered wood, but there's many different things that you could do wrong with gathering wood. The Mikoshesh, he carried the wood, his Isur was carrying the wood far more than public property. Matnitatana, in a different writer, they said, Toleshaya, a different writer says, no, it was harvesting. The wood that he got, he had picked off the ground. It's interesting that you pick the wood off the ground, Harry. I would have thunk that in the desert, there's no wood. So how can it be if you tell me that the wood, you carried the wood? I understand how you carried the wood. You had wood, and you carried it for a month. But if you tell me tolesh, tolesh means you harvested it. In order for it to be harvesting, it has to be connected to the ground. So that means right. that there had to have been some wood growing somewhere in the desert in order for him, according to this writer, according to him to get killed, for Tolesh, there had to have been some vegetation growing there in the desert. Although, just I'm just thinking offhand as I'm talking to you, there is a story that the, the, the Torah relates that when the Jews went to Elim, when they went to uh, Elim, there were 70 Timanim, 70 date trees. So we see that even though the desert didn't have many trees, must have had some. Maybe some cacti, who knows. Okay, so according to the writer, he did a different thing. He gathered the wood together. And therefore, the Yisur was gathering. Why is there a three-way between the Mishnah and the Yisur? Who cares? What difference, what practical difference does it make to us why they killed him? Who cares? Whatever he did, he did. Says the Gemara. The Kidirav. The reason why we need it is for the statement of Rav. The Amar Rav, because Rav said the following thing: Matzati Megillat Sarim Ben Avichiyah. I found a hidden Megillah by Avichiyah. Vechatu Ben. It says in the Megillah the following: Isi Bar Yehuda Omer Isi Bar Yehuda says Avot Melachot Arbaim Hasin Echad. There are thirty-nine Melachot. Even though there's 40, 39 melachot, you only chayav mita on one of them. Ask the Gemara, could it be that you only have on one and not more? But doesn't it say in the Mishnah, there are 39 melachot, 40 minus 1. And the Gemara asked afterwards, let's, let's analyze. What's the point of you telling me how many melachot there are? Rabbi Yochanan answered and he said, 
He says, the reason is, so if a person makes a mistake and forgets a Shabbat, and he does all 39 melachot, now that you know that the number is 39, you know that you're chayav to 39 separate korbanot. Not 40, because it sounds like you're only chayav for avot melachot. You can only have one per av. So therefore, how can you say you only chayav one? What are you talking about? I thought you said you have 39. Which means that there's one of the 39 melachot that you're not chayav nitafu. Okay? And Isi didn't tell you which one it was. Now, if you go like this rabbi called Isi Bar Yehuda, it comes out an interesting thing. Since Isi Bar Yehuda said, that you're not chayav on one of the third melachot, and he neglected to tell you which melachah that was, it'll come out that we can never kill anyone for breaking Shabbat. Why not? Because let's say the guy does borer on Shabbat, right? He's a guy sitting with a salad, and he's got the tomatoes in the salad, and he says, I hate tomatoes, I'm taking them out. And the two witnesses say, hey, Ralph, don't take those tomatoes out of the salad. He says, why not? It's Shabbat. He says, so what? He says, well, it's Bonan. So what? Says, well, you mean you can get killed for it. You can get skill out for doing that. I don't care. Boom, and he pulls out the two tomatoes. Okay. They pull him to Bedin, and Bedin's about to kill him. And he says, you know something? How are you going to kill me? He says, what do you mean? He did Bonan on Shabbat. So what? Who said that Bonan is Chayad Mita? Isi by Yehuda said that there's one of the third on Melachot that you don't get Mita for. And since you don't know which one it is, maybe it's Borev. Can't right. kill anybody. Right. Good. So now, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda. He doesn't specify, the rabbi doesn't specify which, which one it he didn't is. Say. He just says we, one. we found this hidden Megillah that yeah. said in it that Isi Yehuda says that, that they're missing one of them, but didn't say which one. So Rabbi Yehuda, so the machloket about what, whether the Mekoshesh, whether the Mekoshesh in the Midbar picked up, was he picking up wood and carrying it? Was he gathering it or was he harvesting it? The machloket is which one of the three is Peshur Chayav? Because we know that whatever happened in the desert, the guy got killed. Moshe killed the guy. So if, if the Melacha in the desert was carrying for what? So the only one we know you get killed for is carrying. That's right. according to Rabbi Urma Shmuel. And right. according to the Brighta that says that he was tolesh, he had harvested it. So the only one we know that you could get chayav for is picking an apple off a tree. Because that's what he got killed for. And according to the third rabbi, who says it was mama, the only one we know for sure we can kill you is gathering. Gathering one. But other, other ones don't. So, look, so we, now we just explain why do we care what they were arguing? Because according to the what, what the, what, why do we care what the Mikoshesh did? We care because according to each rabbi will know which Malachi you for sure can get killed for. Whichever that one was. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. Oh, let's see, let's read it. Sorry. Umatita, according to the Brighton, Shitale, Toshkai, but for sure that harvesting is there. And Achamayakum, Shitale, Mamakaya. More Sava, Miat Lomas Safka. Each one holds that each that this thing at least is not is not not a safek. Now it will come out 
that according to all of them, we're still not sure. Because after we're finished, we don't know which rabbi is right. So we still don't know at all of them here, according to Israel, we still suffer. Okay. I don't know, according to Israel, I don't know how we can kill anyone nowadays. Maybe we don't hold like we see very good. But we, we weren't, according to this, you shouldn't be able to kill anyone at all for anything on Shabbat. Because even, even these three, if I come to you and say, well, the guy, yeah, he did Borat, for sure we can't kill him, because Borat is not one of the three. But if, I, let's say, a guy harvests, right? A guy plucks an apple off a tree. I say, oh, let's kill him. That's according to the, the right, and that's what it was. That's what the Mokoshesh did. So we can't do that. You know why? Because maybe the other rabbi is right, that he did, the, that he did the, not, he didn't pick it off the tree, he just carried it. So then, and so picking up the tree is nothing. So even nowadays, when it's the movie, which we really stuck. Says Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan, Mikoshesh Zetzlovchad. You want to know what the identity of the guy who did it? You know, Torah doesn't specify the guy's name. So the bright is saying that the Mikoshesh was Slovchad. Now, Slovchad is a guy who's, who, who we know in the desert, his daughters came to Moshe and they asked Moshe, he had five daughters, and he, they asked Moshe, could they inherit their father who had died in the desert? Right? So... The Gemara is claiming at this point in the Brayta that the reason how Tzlovchad died was he was the Mikoshesh. He was the guy who, kept, who picked up the wood. Okay? How do we know? And they found a man. And then it says, our father died in the desert. Just like the first one was Tzlovchad. Afkan, so to Bamidbar, is also Tzlovchad. Bamidbar, Bamidbar. So just like this was Slavchad, that was Slavchad. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. These are the words of Rabbi Akiva. Amalor b'davim b'tera. Rabbi Yehuda told Rabbi Akiva, Akiva, ben kach uben kach atati b'tera zedin. Whether you're right or whether you're wrong, you're going to pay for this. Why? Im kidvarecha. If you're right that it was Slavchad, haTorah kisato v'atam megale oto. The Torah hid it. And you're going to tell everybody? If you're right that he's Slavchad, so why did the Torah not tell us it was Slavchad? Obviously, the Torah didn't want anyone to know. And if you're going to tell everyone, you're saying, you're going to pay. Right. Okay. V'im love, and if it's wrong, and it wasn't Slavchad, then you're bringing... You're saying a bad thing about someone who didn't do that. You're saying that Slavchad was Mechal Shabbat when he wasn't. That's also a problem. But didn't he have a Gezer Shabbat? The Gemara is asking now on the questioner. The rabbi who asked Rabbi Akiva, how could you say such a thing? Uh, you know, if the Torah kept it quiet, how come you're allowed to publicize it? Right. Look what Rashi says. The im came top Rashi. Lo kistar Torah da'avelekim furash. We're saying, how could you say the Torah kept it quiet if there's a gzera shava midbar midbar midbar? So the Torah didn't keep it a secret. Torah gave you gzera shava to figure out that sochat. What are you getting sort of Rabbi Akiva for? He didn't reveal a hidden thing. He revealed something that was gzera shava. So my answer is. Rabbi David did not have the Gzera Shavah, and that's why he asked the question. Okay? 
So according to him, what did he do wrong? How did he die? How did Slopcha die? He was one of Ayapilus. Ayapilus means the following. After the Jews um, left, uh, after the Jews did the Menaglim, the sin of the spies, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, now you're not going to go back to Eretz Yisrael. You're going to wait 40 years to go. And some of the Jews said, no, no, now we said we'll go. And Moshe said, don't go. And they went up and they died. So according to this, Rabbi Yudha who doesn't agree with Rabbi Kiva, he'll say the way he died in the desert, because we know he died in the desert, the says, Avinu met by Midbar, we know the father died in the desert, must be that he was one of the guys who went up the hill, according to Rabbi Yudha Okay. Another similar thing, it says, It says, Hashem got upset at Aharon and Miriam for talking about Moshe, and he abandoned them. Miramed, we learn from here, that not only did Miriam get Sarat, also Aharon got Sarat. Whether you're right or whether you're wrong, you're going to pay for what you just said now. Same idea. Right. If you're right about Aaron, Torah kept it a secret that Aaron got Sarat, and here you go and you tell everyone this thing about him. It's not nice. The love, and if Aaron did not get Sarat, then you, you, again, you're casting aspirations on a person who was a Sadiq, like Aaron Aquain. You might ask a question. According to Rabbi who says that Aaron did not necessarily get Tzadat, why does it say Hashem got angry bam, at them? At, it should say, Hashem got angry at her. Why does it say Hashem got angry at bam, at them, at Aaron and Miriam, who were talking about Moshe? And it's like, no, no. When it says that Hashem got angry, it doesn't mean he gave them both sarat. It means he got upset at them, but not necessarily they both got punished. Tanya, There's a bright there that follows Rabbi Akiva who says that even Aaron got sarat. Because it says in the biblical verse, It says Aaron turned away towards Miriam, and behold, she had sarat. Tanya, why does he turn away? What do you mean he turned? Where did he turn from? Tana, we learned, he turned away from his tarat and he looked at his sister and she had tarat. That's what we're saying. Is this clear or not so clear? No, it's clear. It's just why are we assuming that he has tarat? Because he looked at her, he looked away at his own tarat. What are you getting? I'll tell you, because the Torah doesn't have, the Torah doesn't have to say things that, are, that have no meaning. So in other words, Torah doesn't say he, that Aaron that he got up, and he walked, and he sat, and he did it. If it's not important, if it's nothing to do with the storyline. So when it says here, by Yifin, and he turned, and behold, she was, but just say, and behold, she was, she had Tarat. Hashem left and behold, why is it by Yifin, and he turned, and there was Tarat. That turned is an extra word. Completely unnecessary. We're not tell, we didn't say he turned, we didn't say he sat, we didn't say he scratched his eye. We don't say any of those things that are unnecessary details. So by Yifin has to be necessary. What's necessary? 
So we're saying over here, he turned from his own Sarah, and we're just keeping it a secret. Okay? Amar Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish says the statement. Ha-hoshed b'kshedim. One who suspects people who are kosher, who didn't do it. Lokeh b'gufo. You end up getting hit on your body. How do we know? Dechtik, what says by Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moshe was complaining to Hashem at the burning bush, and he says he doesn't want to go, what one of the complaints Moshe said to decline to go, he says, Vehen lo li. They will not believe me. He said, the Jews won't believe me when I tell them that Hashem sent me. Hashem knew the Jews would believe. Moshe said, yeah, the Jews won't believe me. Hashem said, I know they will believe. Amar, lo, Hashem told him, the Jews are believers and they're the children of believers. And you, you're not going to believe. You're telling me that they're not going to believe? Guess what? They're going to believe, they're believers and some of the believers, and you're not going to believe. What does that mean? Let's see. It says the Jews believed when Moshe told them to leave. Since the Pasuk says they believed. It says that Abraham believed in Hashem. When Hashem complained to the Jew, to Moshe, that he hit the rock, he says, you know why you're not going to Eretz Israel? Because you didn't believe me to make me Kadosh in front of Yisrael. How do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu got hit on his own body? We start off this whole thing saying that when you're Choshev B'Kshirim, you get hit on your own body. So we prove that Moshe was Choshev B'Kshirim, but we didn't prove that he got hit on his body. I understand that we, he didn't believe. Where's the hitting? Hashem told him, one of the signs that Hashem told Moshe to give paro is put your hand into your cloak and pull it out and it gets sarat. So the fact that Hashem gave him this sign to show Paro, included in it with the fact that you're going to have Tzadat for a little bit. That's how you see that a guy who's Choshed B'Kshirim gets hit in his body. Don't be Choshed people B'Kshirim. Okay? Beautiful. Gorgeous. Gemara, no? Yeah. Okay. You get these sometimes. So, you know, in the middle, in the middle of the Gemara, the Gemara throws in a, a little, uh, okay, a little fun. Hashem's goodness comes faster than Hashem's retribution, Hashem's um, paying you back with a penalty. Well, how do we know? When it comes to a penalty, it says Moshe pulled his hand out. Behold, his hand was white like snow which means that while the hand was in the cloak, it was still healthy. It only got white as he pulled it out. Okay. When Hashem cured Moshe, it says, He put it, pulled it out. He pulled it out of his cloak, and already it was white, it was healthy. Already from while it was inside, Hashem cured it. So while it was in, it was cured. I guess it hurts, Sarat. And Hashem, 
what he wanted to cure him while it was in, even before he pulled it out, it was it was no good. Whereas on the way in, while it was in, it was good, and only what as he pulled it out, it was it got white like that, you know? Right. Okay. But once he put it in, it got healthy as it went in. That's how we see Hashem is nicer than he is tough. Okay. Bayinava. There's no question, by the way, in general, that we're also like that. When you're a principal, you'd much rather call the parents to give them the good report than to call the parents to tell them, you know, sorry, pick up Simon, he's kicked out. You know, much, much better to call them saying, guess what? You heard? Simon got 100, he's doing wonderful, tell him to keep it up. Sure. Much, more, much more fun phone call. Okay, but Hashem doesn't do it for his own life. Hashem is naturally good. I guess we're copying Hashem. Bye, Rabba. Okay. Now we're back to the fun. This this is the work. You ready for the work? Let's go. The Mishnah had said, if you throw it from Meshut Yachid to Meshut Yachid, you throw it from private property to private property with a public property in the middle, Rabbi Kiva says Yechayab and Hamim say Yepatur. Remember this? Good. Bayi Rabah. So those rabbis in the Mishnah of Akiva and the Chachamim are, of course, Tanaim. Rabbah, the Amorah, has a question about their Machlokas. He wants to he wants to clarify when Rabbi Akiva says Yochayav and the Chachamim say Yepatur, are they arguing about a case where he chucked the item through the public property at a level that was above ten Tvachim? Or did he chuck it across at a level that was below ten Tvachim? Yeah, you're going to see the significant difference. If they were arguing about a low one, I'm going to give you quickly, quickly outside. If they're arguing about a low one, then they both would agree that if it's higher, you're patur. Lower is worse, because you could say kuta. You could say when it's low to the ground, it's like it's resting on the ground. And therefore, every, the machloket is here, then above, everyone's going to say it's okay. But if the machloket is above, and if it's here, everyone's going to say, no good. You got it? So it's it's either three rabbis saying, good, three, in the four cases, Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim, in both up and down, it's either three out of four are saying, good, and only Rabbi Kiva in down saying, no good. Or it's all three saying no good, and only chachamim or no. So that means if if um, they throw an object and it's on top of the if it's if it's high, they're all saying it's patur. The rabbi kiva and the chachamim. However, if they right, is that is that? But, but if the argument is low, low, so there's um, then they they everyone's say, saying good. Then everyone is saying good. The two topics are good. They patur. They patur. But the argument if it, if the argument is about low. Then the whole argument is only about low, but the top is for sure okay. Patur. So if it's up, it's patur, and if it's low, it's patur. Up is always better than bottom. Okay. So if the argument is about below 10, that means, why are they arguing about below 10? The argument below 10 is that that's worse. But if it was above, everyone would say it's fine. Okay. Or the argument is above 10 in in the easier case. But below 10, everyone says no good. Okay. That's not, that's not what we're going to say, man. Okay, let's read inside. Okay? 
Bayi Rabbi Rabbi asks a question. Lemata ma'artin apligi. Are they arguing below ten? Over hapligi, and this is the the, the crux of the argument. The more sabar I mean includes like a mishul chadami. One rabbi holds that we hold kluta, which means we hold that an object that is in the air below ten tuachim is cons- considered as if it's resting, and therefore when you chucked it across mishul tanavim, it's like it rests on the floor, and that's why you chayav. Umor savar lo amina, and the other rabbi holds you don't say kluta, and therefore it's patur. That's what Rabbi Nachman is saying. But had the, had the case been above 10 Bachim, everyone will say Patur because Patur is okay because you never say Kluta above 10. Right? And there's no one who says that we learn throwing from passing. Because the law is when you pass something above 10 Bachim, you're Chayav. And we'd say over here that nobody says that we connect passing to throwing and saying that throwing above 10 is chayav. That's one way to look at Or Dilma, or no. The ma'alami asara pligi. The ma'achloka between Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim is above 10. Ubaha pligi, and this is the crux of the argument. More savar, Rabbi Kiva holds, yafilan zarek We learn passing, throwing from passing. And therefore above 10 is chayav. More so the rabbis, although we don't learn passing from throwing from passing, and therefore throwing is for throwing from passing is chayav. Everyone be chayav, my tama, because everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that when it's in the air, it's below ten. If it's on the ground, then you chayav. You got the two way ways to learn. Now we're going to try to figure out. Says the Gemara. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Ha milta This question was asked to Rav Chista. And Rav Nuna learned it from the following case. One second, give me one second, let's get a water. Okay. Bingman, welcome. Amar Rav Yosef, Ha milta This question was asked Rav Chista. Rav Nuna answered the question from the following thing. He says, The brighter says that if it goes from to and it passes through the very Rishutarabim, the word Atzma means the very Rishutarabim, so ostensibly we're assuming this is the same as our Mishnah, it just aired the word Atzma. It, it passed through the very Rishutarabim. And we're trying to look to the significance of the word very and use that word very to figure out if the machlokin is on the bottom or on the top. Okay? Let's see. From the fact that he says the word the very Rishutarabim, Shita Lemata Mesarapligi. It's obvious that the machlokin is on the bottom, not the top. And the top is for sure okay. Why? What's the machloket? If the case is you passed it by hand, because the Mishnah didn't, the, the Brighton didn't say that you threw it. It said you, it went. It didn't say if you threw it or you, or you passed it. So if the case is that you passed it, 
it's below asara. And the Ma'ala said, You think that Rabbi Yehuda would not make you chayav above 10? Why would it be only below 10? Rabbi Yehuda says that if you pass something along above 10, chayav came asabrekat. We send the Mishnah, you always chayav if you pass something above 10. Ela bezorek. Must be the case with chucking. Okay? Throwing. Must be that below 10, you chayav. But above 10, you're not chayav. Well, how do we know that? Because the, re- the word atma, when we say it went, through the Rishut Arabim, they wouldn't call the word the very Rishut Arabim unless it's below. Because the area above 10 Tzvachim in Rishut Arabim is actually Makom Petur. Remember we learned about Makom Petur before? There's an area that's called Makom Petur. So the area above 10 Tzvachim is Makom Petur. The Brighton would never refer to it as Atma, the very Rishut Arabim. Most of you was talking about on the bottom. And if we're talking about the bottom, that means that everyone agrees that the top is okay. So if you, everyone agrees that if you threw it on top, you would not be chayav a korban in the Beth Mikdash. Okay? So says the Gemara, El Olav Bezorek Me'asara. So what? Definitely it's talking about when you threw it. Lema'at ma'asara lo'mechayev, ba'asara lo'mechayev, ve'kultim yishmur kabul yishmamina. Good. Says the Gemara, Upligi to the Belazar. Rebbe who said this, he must argue on the Belazar. Damer Belazar, Mechayev al Bekiva Afilam al Masara. So we so far we explained Rebbe Mnuna. Rebbe Mnuna explained that the Machlok is on the bottom. This Rabbi is arguing with Belazar because he says Belazar says that Bekiva is arguing even above. So now, if so, Vahadi Tani Bishutah Bimatzma. So why does he say the very Bishutah mean? Yes, we could have picked, told you about the top. According to this, Rabbi Kiva argued in both places. He agrees that both them are chayav. So why does it say, why does it talk about the bottom? We want to show you the strength of the banan. And they're telling you that you're patur even on the bottom. Not all, the reason, the reason why we picked the case of the bottom, you're right, atzma means the bottom. We only spoke about the bottom in the Brighta because we want to show you that the Rabbanan who say Patur don't, if I would have said a case on top, you would have said, oh, they only say Patur because on top, but the bottom is Chayav. So we had to pick a case of the bottom to show you that the lenient rabbi is a lenient even on the bottom. Good. Beautiful. Upliga de Batuvi. I have a third rabbi, who disagrees. He says, according to him, there's three different levels. If you're within three and three tzvachim in the ground, everyone agrees you chayav. The malam asera, if it's above ten, everyone agrees you patur. And mishloshavad is that from three till ten, then seven tzvachim. According to this third rabbi, the machloket is from three to ten. Okay, so let's clarify what the opinions that we have so far. We had opinion number one that machloket was on the bottom. But above 10, everyone says patur. Opinion number two is Rabbi Al-Azhar. He says the machloket is on the top, right? 
And I guess the bottom, everyone agrees, Hayab. And then, he didn't say that, but I guess, let's see. No, he's the Machokin in both cases. Okay? Both cases, I'm sorry. And now, you have your Chilkebatuvi, which is the Machokin is actually in the middle. It's not below three, and it's not above ten. Tanya Mehachi, or Brighton supports the last rabbi also. It says, Kitosha Shah Debir Kokhayab, Malavasa. And El Mishmashwut, above ten is only a Dirabanan, not the Oraita. In my Yoshio Chilo, Mutar. And if, this interesting thing, he says, and above 10, if the two properties that he's throwing from one side to the other, two shutiachids, were, were both belong to him, then you'd be mutar, then you'd be allowed to throw, actually, above 10. Mishrosha, from 3 to 10, that's what he said. Good. Now, now we want to clarify that statement. We said that if you're According to his last opinion, if you were above 10, it depends. If you were thrown from your reshut to your friend's reshut, then you're patura valasur. But if you're thrown from your property, that you, your own property, to another one of your own properties, then you were mutar, allowed to do it. So we're going to clarify this now. If you say it's allowed, it should be a question on Rav. What, what did Rav say? The Itmar, because Rav said, If you have two houses on the two sides of the Rav says it was Rav said it was Asur, and Shmuel said you were allowed to throw. So we see that Rav, Rav Arhuna saying the name of Rav, that you're not allowed to throw. Now, if it, they're both yours, and if we said that it's true, that if they're both yours, you're allowed to throw it, why doesn't he say that? Now, I want to tell you something. Don't tell me, Harry, that this case was talking about two different people owning, owning the, the houses. You've got to answer, well, maybe the reason why... They, they argued over here is because two different people own the houses. It can't be. Because if two different people own the houses, why would Shmuel say you're allowed to throw? Of course you're not allowed to throw from your house to someone else's house. Mutar. Shmuel, Shmuel would never say mutar to throw from your house to someone else. You need a ruchat So obviously, it can't be that it's talking about uh, two different people's houses. It must be talking about to all one person's house. And still, Rav said you're not allowed to do it. So you see, it's a question on this Rabbi Rav. Because in the Mishnah, we had said that everyone would be mutar to do it. Didn't we explain this case? The reason why Rav said it was Asur is because he's worried the case is like this. It's not, it wasn't a line drive type of thing. It wasn't that the two um, porches were opposite each other. One porch was high, one porch was low. So the guy who's on the high porch has to bend down, try to chuck it in. And since it's a hard throw, the Rav is gozer that you're not allowed to throw because he's afraid that maybe you might not get it in. And it might fall into the ravine. And that's why they get denied. But really, if it was even, they wouldn't allow you to throw it. And therefore, it's not a question on Rav. 
that he's against the Mishnah. He's talking about a different case where they, they weren't even. Okay. Where did we get this word that the rabbi said? What is this rule that you heard that anything that's below three twachim from the ground is lavu, it's like it's on the ground? What does that mean? Says the Gemara. Right? Where do we get this rule that below three, that we just mentioned, below three is like on the ground? Where did you get it from? So he told me, you know where it's from? It's impossible to smooth out the whole in a way where there's no bumps. Therefore, we assume that anything above, within three is like it's part of the ground. If so, even three twachim, you could find a bump that's three twachim. The two also, how did that understand it says? If you're a sukkah and you lower your walls from top to bottom, which means you had open space and you lower the wall from the roof down, if the three twachim off the ground, it would be kosher. What do you mean? Why should it be kosher over here? There's no reason if it's close to the ground. Why should be? Why should that be enough? And we no. The reason why it's no good above three is because since a, a, a kid, a, a young goat, could go under it, therefore it's not called a mechitza. But that's not a proof anymore. Mar says tenach lemata. That's good on the bottom. Lemala ma'iklamemar. Why on the top do we say that Lavud works? Right? Why should Lavud work on the top? If the whole thing is because Rashut Abim is not even on the top, there's nothing else that is even. Why does Lavud work even on the top? Ella, rather forget it. That's not the reason. This rule that anything with three twachim is connected is really Moshe You know, we see we use the Lavud rule also on top, which means we also use the Lavud rule. When you have strings, you ever see those sukkot that have the strings going around it? And you could use it, the, the, when the strings are within three to him each other, it's considered like it's connected. That's not because the ground is not clear. That must be because Arachal Moshe Misinai. It's Arachal Moshe Misinai, that anything within three is considered lavur and connected. Okay. We're now at the two, at the dot, Tanun Rabbanan. Says the Gemara. Now we have a new case. The guy threw something from public property to public property with a private property in between. Okay? This wasn't in the Mishnah. This is a brighter, a new case of throwing from public to public through a private. Good. So again, a machloket. This is not Rabbi Akiva. This is Rabbi and the Chachamim. Rabbi saying Chayav, Chachamim saying Patur. Now, Rav and Shmuel the Amoraim are going to come explain the machloket. They say, Rav and Shmuel the Amit Rabbi, Lo Chayav Rabbi Elav Shteachid. Rabbi only said Chayav in a private property, Shumikura, which has a roof. Why? That means in Beit Kimal Yedami, because he says a rule that any Rishut Yachid that has a roof. We look at it halachically in a halachic glasses as if it's full of stuff. 
and therefore when you threw your thing through it, it landed. Because since it's all full of stuff, so your ball that you threw through the window, imagine if you have a public property public property, and I throw through the window of the house, I throw my football out the window on the other, on the other side. So since halakhically we look at the house as if it's full of, of cotton balls, so it landed on the cotton balls. My football, that's why Yechayab. Okay? That's the reason why Rebbe says Yechayab if it goes through the window over there. Okay? But if you have a house without a roof that you threw it through, then we don't look good as full of cotton balls. And even Rebbe would say Yepatur. Okay? The cotton ball rules are only by a roof. Okay? Amar now this Rav Chana was saying, when Rabbi says Yechayav, when you throw it through, guess what? He wasn't just saying Yechayav one korban, you really have two korban. You know why? Because I have one where I threw my football from public property onto the cotton balls, and the second when I threw it from the cotton balls out the window. That's two. You following me or no? Again, yeah. according to Rebbe, if you claim that Rebbe Huda, the second rabbi, is claiming that when Rav said Yechayav, because of this cotton ball rule in, 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 a, in a house of the roof, he didn't, wasn't just saying Yechayav one korban chatat, he was saying Yechayav two korban chatats. Because if not, what's two? One, public property to private, land in private, because there's imaginary cotton ball there, and private to public because it went out the window, the window on the side. That's two. Okay. Echad mishum one for going out from pub. Not in this order, by the way. I don't know why the gemara says out of order. One for carrying from private out. Echad mishum and one for carrying in from public. Um, it's interesting that it says it in that order. Okay. Now, if you remember, we had said earlier that the Av Melacha, the Av Melacha was carrying from private to public. And the Tolda was public to private. So now, if, if Rebbe was saying that Yechayav too, that means he's saying that Yechayav for a tolda b'mkom av. It means Yechayav, when a guy does an av and its own tolda, he's saying the Yechayav too. When normally we had said that you do the av and its own tolda, you only Yechayav one. So it sounds like you're making Rebbe into one of these rabbis who says that you could do, that you could be Yechayav too when you do an av and a tolda, which is an interesting thing. Yati Ramchina, Rikakashle. Ramchina asked the question. Lememra, Dimechayvi Rebbe, a tolda b'mkom av? You want to claim on top of Tzadi Zayin a bit now. You want to claim that Rebbe's Chayav in a case of a guy who does a Tolda told in the place to Av, but I didn't want to write down. Rebbe, or my Rebbe says, Divarim, the word Divarim, in the Pasuk Ela Divarim, that teaches you Had Divarim, Ela Divarim, Elo Shloshim Vitesha Melachot, Shenevra Moshe Mesinai. 
he, Rebbe says that there's 39 melachot to teach you that you only chayav up to 39 times when a person forgets Shabbat, you could only have 39 korbanot. Now, if it's true that Rebbe's chayav have told him korbanot, you could have 5,000 korbanot. So you see that Rebbe does not hold that, so we have a contradiction. You're claiming that he holds that you chayav two in out, that means he's chayav for but if so, why would he say that there's only 39? It could be 500. Good. Amar le Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef answered, Mor aha Mor understands that Yosef said the name of, learned it like that. So therefore, the Rabbi, our Rabbi, when you learn it your way, you have a question of Rabbi and Rabbi. Anan, we guys, Adabihuda matnilan. We understand that it was Rabbi Huda he was talking about. We understand the statement was not going on the statement of Rebbe in the Mishnah of throwing it through the window. We understand it's going on this new case, and therefore we have no questions. What do we say is going on? The time you went to the Brighton, if you go from private property to public property, and you pass four more, hold on one second, okay? Okay. Once again, I'm going to have Yosef. I learned like this. And that's why you have a question of Rabbi Rabbi. I learned like, I learned a Mishnah. I had no question. The time we learned. If I carry from private to public, and, and the thing I carried from private to public also went for a mortar to the So I have, a, let's say, a football in my house, and I throw it out the window of my house, and not only does it go out the window of my house, it also goes for a mortar to the Now what? Okay? So the brightness of the Behuda is the Yechayav. So when, when the rabbi said that you he wasn't talking about your football case where the football went in one window after another. No, that one, he says one. What was he talking about? My case, where I was in my house and I threw my, let's say, volleyball out the window and it went four off in... in Public property. And that's the case where he says you have two. What's two? One for going from in the house, out of the house, and the second one for four motors. What was the second one? And the second one for carrying four on one public property. Because after carrying out of the house, you also went four on one. Okay. Okay. Why? Because if you claim that you only have one, if the machloket is about one, that means that Rebuda was the strict rabbi. Who was the lenient rabbi? Rabbanan, who said you patur. The bright always says, Rebuda says you chayav, and how do you say patur? So Rebuda, the Amorah, is coming and saying, that must be chayav, a second one. The machloket must be about the second chadat. Because if it was the machloket about the first chadat, how could the Rabbanan ever say patur? You carried it out. Why should you be patur? So must be is not the second one. And therefore, you see, that's the case. But it wouldn't make sense that the rabbis would say patur. 
If it's about the second one, okay, we understand the rabbit thing, but but two about the second one. But how will they say Batur about the first one? So it must mean it's about the second. There's two. That's what the rabbi is saying. Okay? The Gemara says, not necessarily. Mimai, who said? Really, I'll tell you, the strict rabbi, when you throw the volleyball out your window in Fuamot, really, he was saying in that case, the only Chayav won, the strict rabbi was saying. Rabbanan Pati really got And Rabbanan saying you're totally Patur when you throw the volleyball out the window of your house for more. Why? Keep going. What's the case? The Amar, when the guy threw the volleyball out the window, he thought it was going to land two Amor out of the house. And it didn't happen. It went four. So since you did something that you weren't intending on doing, you can't be Chayav, the Chachamim say. Right? Because I wasn't telling you I was going We hold that it's like it's stuck in the air. It's, we, we stop it. And therefore, therefore, what you intended to do happened. Why? Because you knew it was going to kluta. Even though you thought it would stop, but that's what happened. It did stop it. Halachically stopped. Yes, it physically went for, but how much did he stop? And therefore, what you, what you want to do happened, and that's what Chayav won. The Rabbanan the rabbis hold, don't mean kuta, we don't take kuta. Lord, you know, so what you want to do didn't happen, and you put it all together. Maybe that doesn't hold a total of at all. He doesn't know that you have a total in the place of Ab at all. And that's what's going on over here. Where he says, no. Do not say that Mehudah doesn't hold up Tzodom Kumav. He does hold Tzodom Kumav. I'll tell you why. Lost Tzal Kedaitach, he can't say that. Ditanya, you know what? I think I'm going to stop over here. Lost Tzal Kedaitach. Okay? It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Like in the middle of the page right over here on Saudi Zainal Is that good? Perfect. Let me stop the recording.